0: How are you going? I'm going to pick
1: a fight. Podcasting from the Pacific Northwest, the caffeine and Sasquatch capital of the world, and home to the world's biggest Highland Games fans, this is Fork Talk. Will you fight? A podcast about all things Highland Games, heavy events, competitive throwing, and the greatest sporting event ever invented on God's green earth, Sheev. And now, here are your hosts, Big Daddy and us but
0: they'll never take our freedom! Oh. In a word or two, you, I want to do. No, not your body, your mind, you fool. Come here,
2: baby. Yeah. You sexy Motherfucker.
3: We're going to get that explicit rating yet
2: Yeah, we are <laughs> If they ever actually listen Oh,
1: they're
3: listening
2: Are they? Hell
1: yeah Woo-woo.
2: You think iTunes actually listens to this? The people that review that? No, but hey, we can always hope
3: Right, we can only hope Who is this singing anyway? This is the one, the, the only prince From Minneapolis, Minnesota The purple one
2: Yep
1: motherfucker
2: Welcome to Fork Talk, everyone Episode
3: 21
2: 21 And you know what 21 stands for? What does it stand for, Big Daddy? Time to drink, motherfucker (laughs) That's right, it's usually when you're able to Absolutely
3: absolutely. You know, you can start, uh, let's see Milestones in life Um We'll talk about my life. Uh ten, having sex. Um, uh, twelve smoking cigars. Right. Uh thirteen drinking. Right. And then uh kinda went downhill from there.
2: Very good. Well, uh I am your co-host, Haas, and with me is the bald, the bulbous, the beautiful Big
3: Daddy. Big Daddy and the Hizzy.
2: What? <laughs> Hashtag what? And we have uh few of our staff here First of all we We've got the
3: cream To the cream Of the
2: staff members We here do today. First of all We have our producer A candy A sprinkles hi God I love when she does
1: that Hi Devil <laughs> Ange just stepped out That's right but Hey y'all <laughs> Hey that's pretty
3: good Hey y'all Hey y'all, hey, y'all.
2: And then Big uh,
3: Daddy's the best In bed
2: all the time <laughs> Boy that's amazing that. It's amazing how you How she sounds Just like uh, the, Me the doing rest her, of the, yeah. yeah. Um, we got intern Slim Jim. We got security Rhino, shouts to him. We got our chief scientific officer, Dr. Noisewater Beck. Our official cartoonist, Matt Thompson from Vargas Highlander. The roving reporter, the international man of mystery, Miles Wetzel. We've got our official historian, Roger Saunders. And our number one fan, Audrey, Audrey Rose, Rose Walker. Walker. Yep, website www.fork-talk.com Facebook uh, book is Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas Sponsor shot Take it to him, Big Daddy Roger that, I'm brother I'm going to bring this down
3: Bring that down a little although bit I'm gonna bring here, it, My although, melodic voice
2: Although, although Prince and, and Mattresses kind of go together, if you know what I mean
3: Yeah, well Prince and the back seats of cars go together too But we're not exactly <laughs> doing a commercial for Chevys, are we? <laughs> So, anywho. Yes, Corvettes. Whatever. It's Prince. It's probably a purple Ooh, bike. Could be. A purple Honda motorcycle with a bunch of stupid symbols on it. Anyway, so, hey. I'll bring it in. You know what? Mattress Ranch is pleased to announce their new and improved MattressRanch.com. Their new website sucks 87.7% less than the old one and 100% less than every other mattress website Seriously, you need to look at it. It's I checked it out again awesome. the
2: other day. It's really good. I like what Max has done with it.
3: I do, too. It's nice. Um, you know, I don't look at a lot of websites because, you know, I'm usually busy working. But uh, I got three pages up on my computer. Mm-hmm. Facebook, right? Okay. Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Hoss. Of course. And Matt's Ranch. hmm Everything else? Mm-hmm. Suck it. Suck it. We all need a good night's sleep to perform at our best, and guess what? You've been in a cheap motel before the games. You woke up stiff, sore, and feel <laughs> through like crap. That's true. Don't do that every day. Uh-uh. Stop and buy one of the—you know, that, that damn Bobo the Monkey Boy. Stop by one of the Match france stores in, in Washington— or Alaska, or go to MaxRanch.com and get yourself a new bed and get a great night's sleep.
2: That's it. That's it. We have got a hell of a show for you today for Talk we Nation. Do, we do. We got ourselves pop culture and current events, Top of course. America. We've got ourselves a little segment on cigars with a little bit of call-in.
3: Oh, you know we like our cigars here. Fork yes, Talk. we do. And Speaking w- of which, if any of you guys are out there. And, you know, you want to impress Fork Talk, which yes. we know you do. Of course. You know, send they, us some good quality cigars. Oh. Good quality Shame, cigars.
2: Shameless plug. No white owls. <laughs> okay. And uh, we're going to do some, oh, you know what's back? Historical
3: figure. Oh, you hear that? We said historical figure and said,
1: Motherfucker.
2: Sing it, Prince. Sing it, brother. Anyway, so we got a great one coming. Uh, thanks for joining us. Should be a good one. Stay tuned. Here we go. Um, of course, before we start, we have to start with shouts, don't we, Big Daddy?
3: Yeah, we do, you know, because, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. We do, we do. We do. We got some special web and Facebook shouts, don't we?
2: Yeah, we've uh, we always announce our likes. We are up a little bit more from last time. That's always good. We're yeah. up to six hundred and eighty-six.
3: Not bad. Very good. Not bad. We're creeping toward that thousand. that you think we're going to hit? Yep,
2: and I and I'm going to be really happy when we get into the seven hundred range. That'll be good.
3: If you know, i we'll be tell on you the something. home stretch. If we hit a thousand, yes, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. If we hit a thousand, we should do something special.
2: Okay. We'll right. think about that yeah. and report back. We're going to do something
3: for the thousandth like the person who is the thousandth like, Ooh. is going to get a very special thing Fork for talk gift. Yeah. We might just fly them in here. Don't don't well, go maybe we'll, don't maybe go maybe crazy. Maybe we'll just call call them and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. <laughs> yeah, because probably some some guy from fucking Nova Scotia that yeah, wins we'll it. We'll call them right yeah. right. <laughs> we'll call them up and uh, you know say hey thanks for being number one thousand. By the way, send us a free box of cigars.
2: Right. Okay, so first of all, let's do some musings. Um, recent games, we typically shout any of those out. Oh, yeah. Um, we had a lot of good recent ones. Yeah. Um, other than our local ones, Big Daddy, did you hear anything about um, other ones?
3: Oh, you know what I just heard about? What? It was, um, God, I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was one of the ancient athletics guys put on a show, and we know them, that's Merle Lawless. yes. Great sheaf maker. They put it was the Dublin Irish Fest in Dublin, Ohio, and our good friend—well, not really good friend, arch enemy—Brady uh, Miller went. Oh yeah, baby! That's was it right. Thirty-nine oh. feet in sheaf.
0: In the sixteen-pound sheaf.
3: With a sixteen-pound sixteen-pound
2: sheaf, which is ridiculous. thirty-nine yeah. feet, and it didn't just—it didn't was that go a up world record. It, it was sixteen. Was it, mm-hmm. yep. it, yeah. did, it didn't go up on the bar and fall over. No. It didn't, it didn't hit it hard and roll. Nope. It just sailed. It flew over it significantly.
0: It just sailed like a pretty thing. It was pretty, it was
3: pretty. <laughs> it was the prettiest thing that ever sailed over a bar. That's right. You know what it looked like to me? I saw the video. It looked like it went up in the air, like you were saying, a pretty thing. Mm. And it had two angels came down from heaven, and they just grabbed it. it, had sex with it, and threw it over the bar. <laughs>
2: You mean it was it was angelically aided? It was angelically raped. Wow.
0: No, I think it just which is difficult because there's the nothing there.
3: Angels very are smooth.
0: prettily because Brady Miller like tossed it. So how many feet was that, Haas? 30, was Thirty-nine.
2: Thirty-nine candy
0: with a sixteen-pound sheaf.
2: Pretty much. That's what we said already. <laughs>
0: That's pretty awesome.
2: It is awesome. I can see it in her eyes already, Big Daddy. She's, she's excited about she's it. She's shown up drunk to this thing, be, I think.
3: Let me explain something to you. You better hope Brady Miller doesn't walk in this door. Because <laughs> yes. I'm thinking up on aisle five from Candy Sprinkles right now. I
2: know. She's pretty she's, excited seems pretty about turned about on
3: by the 39-foot chief.
2: Well, speaking of being turned on, here's mm-hmm. something I was I'm turned, turned on, on to. Saying, i that right
0: now. saying Brady.
2: So, so, first of all, let's get off Brady. Uh, wait a minute. That's not what I meant. <laughs> let's mentioned. get off
3: your mom. I just got off her. Um,
2: now. I, so, also was the North American Championships at Enumclaw.
1: Oh, yeah. The
2: Seattle Scottish Highland Games Association and their big annual event, biggest one in the Pacific Northwest.
3: Put on by our good friend, the athletic director. Yep. Wally. Is that Wally.
2: Yep. Uh, fantastic event. Very nice. And um, th- at that event... Speaking of Sheaf, of course, the pros were there. They did a fabulous job, as always. They're the main event. They uh, they uh, give life to everything. Everybody's looking for them to go big and go home and all that.
3: Do you know what happened at this event? Well, you and I got to throw together that day.
2: Yeah, they put us, uh, both the Legends and the Masters right. class together, yeah. which, which was, was nice. Always, it's always awesome throwing. And, and, and that's why I brought that up, Big Daddy, because there was other records put on that field. Yes, there was. There was an important one, the old Big Daddy... The, the man. N- the man himself broke the sheaf record on the Enumclaw field for the 50-plus class. Yes, indeed,
0: It was amazing.
3: It
2: was epic. Epical. It was epical. It was a 28-footer. Right. And it was glorious. And it broke a record that had held for many, many years. Like In- it must have been more than three or four years that yeah, that record Yeah, it was
3: a couple of years. Al Stagner.
2: Al Stagner. You
3: know, the consummate, you know, master.
2: Yep, he's won it, a yeah. lot of world championships. and champion. And all that, yep. So, which he'll tell you about, of yeah, course. Pretty
3: much. And he'll <laughs> wave his rings in front of your face.
2: And you'll say, Al, enough, dude. I know you've won a lot. Yeah. Get over
3: it. Now sit down and drink.
2: Yeah, exactly. But... You uh, you were able to accomplish that task. Congratulations, Big Daddy! Thank I was overclemped.
0: It was awesome.
3: I, you know the the thing about that was, I went. I knew what the record was, and I went there thinking all I want is that record. The rest of the day, I could really give a shit about. It, right. You know, and uh, that was the first event right out of the shoot. We hit it. Boom! I broke the record. I was totally happy. Went up to Al, you know, and said, "Hey, you know, if I was going to break anyone's record, I'm." I'm not glad it was yours, but, you know, you know, I look up to you and thank you very much. So, And he was very, uh, very kind.
2: Excellent. Well, congratulations. He only called
3: me an asshole three times that day.
2: <laughs> um, we also had a nice uh, barbecue, the clubbecue, thanks to all the uh, pros and amateurs who came to that. That we was did. very kind of everybody to come.
3: We had an awesome, We, had, you know, and that's the thing. Well, first of all, let me go back, take a back step here. You know, friends that hang out at the games, you guys know about this, right? You know, your people, your guys, the, the people you hang out with, the women you hang out with, you know. Yeah. You know, you get a lunch break every once in a while. You know where I'm going with this, don't you?
2: I do. I think we should go into another I think topic. you should
3: shut up. <laughs> so there I am, right? I'm standing. I'll talk to you, Candy, because he's not listening. I'm standing there by myself, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're at lunch. Hey. Where's, where's my where's, buddies? Where's Hoss? He must have went to the bathroom. No, no. Where's Max? Must have went to the bathroom, too. No, not so much. I said, they can't be in the beer garden without me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I grabbed my wallet, and I ran to that beer garden, and I got to the fence, hoping, praying I would not see them in there. Kind of like... A man comes home from work hoping and praying you wouldn't see his wife in bed with another man. Right. Well, that's exactly what I saw. I saw my two buddies in bed with another man. Well, I mean, in the beer garden.
1: Yeah. And I yelled.
3: I yelled across the fence.
1: You sons of
2: bitches. You did not.
3: Yes, I did. And this lady behind me screams at me and she says, Hey. There's kids present. And I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. I can't help it that their moms are bitches. <laughs> I'm and sure that going to rise at everybody in the region. She got a blank look on her face. The security guys laughed so hard they forgot to check my ID. <laughs> and I went running in there, and I was pissed at you guys right up until you flipped me a coin for a free beer.
2: That's right. It was all over. <laughs> yeah, you were upset until <laughs> I said, "Here's your coin for you. Go okay, get your so that beer." Was about the beer
0: garden at Em but let's talk
2: about the clavicue. Oh yeah. Well, I don't want. I don't want to bore people with it because they, you know, it if you weren't there, awesome.
3: I'll bore people with it. But Let me it tell was, you something. But it was nice. You shut your mouth, Hoss. Every year, Hoss has come up with. He invented the clavicue. We did right. And he came up with this idea as basically a way to celebrate Enumclaw because Enumclaw is the biggest event in the Pacific Northwest, right? Bar none, it's, right. it's the biggest.
2: It's big. Portland's big. Next to Pleasanton is the biggest games in the West Coast. Right,
3: yeah. So every year uh, he basically puts on this beautiful, generous spread. He gets Smoking or, Ogre to barbecue. get their barbecue in there, right? Shouts Kelly Pool. Kelly Poole, Kirk Kostchak. Kirk Kostchak. They come in there. that The... And the night before, they get everything going, and yep. there's plenty of food for everybody. Yep. And you know what? The good, the, the cool thing about this, there's plenty of beer, there's plenty of drink, yep. and it's free. That's right. You know, all costs and his lovely bride have ever asked for was maybe just a donation to the Orting Food Bank. The Food Bank, yep. Which is very nice. Yep. And uh, I just got to say, that's one of the most generous things that he puts on, and I, I hope... You know, I always hope that when I think about it, I'm like, I hope people really appreciate it. And I think for the most part, people do. I don't think anyone takes it for granted, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. But we have a a good time every year. It's a good time to get together and just talk to people. And this year, Haas, he went a step above because, you know, the pros didn't come last year. And the reason was because traffic kind of sucked. Right. So Haas got a shuttle. That's right, and you got a big red ambulance. I took the them.
2: old rig and I go went and picked him up so that they could get there and then they could have a nice time and then I took them back home.
3: Absolutely, so that worked out good. They again. even got to swim in the river.
2: That's right. I took them to this uh, the Puyallup River, which is glacier fed, and the uh <laughs> cool. it, it was cold. They had high they had high voices for a little while. They're like, "This is great, bro. Thank you." <laughs> Can you say shrinkage? However, once they were in there, they were in love because all that swelling and day of throwing just all kind of nice and shrunk down, and they got a good ice bath, and,
3: and their penises were in the back of their throat. Yeah, it was I mean, good. I say that? It yeah.
2: was good. All right, now say. But uh, anyway,
3: I think everybody, you know, everybody appreciates it, and you know, it's an awesome job. People always say, "Hey, you know, Jay, thanks for that." I, I'm like, I have nothing to do with it. I said, I'm Hoss's friend. Hoss puts it on, and it's a good time, and we all love it. So thank you, Hoffs. Here's to you. And, of course, Candy Sprinkles because she helps out as well, and she she puts it on with them, and she's a great hostess.
2: Because she puts up with me, that's for sure.
3: Pretty much. And then this year we had Heavy Hammer. You guys had a band out there.
2: Yeah, that was cool. We had a band. Heavy Hammer. Friends of ours, John Crane. Oh, by the way, shouts to John. Yes, John. John's father just passed. Yep, his, his dad just passed. His away. dad. His dad was was ill for a little while, and he he kind of knew it was coming. But it, you know, it's never easy no, even when you know no, it's coming. No. And um, and so, John, if you're listening, shouts, brother, love you. Sorry, you've uh, had a loss in your family, and our thoughts and prayers are with you.
3: Absolutely, as the rest of the Fork Talk listeners, uh, they'll say a little prayer for your dad. Yeah, you everyone was very you know very you know on Facebook. You could tell. You know, he had pictures of him and his dad in his last moments. The nice thing is he actually got to spend some time with his dad in his final moments. So, you know, it was very nice.
2: Yeah, that's cool. And so, yeah, John called me up and said, hey, you want a band for your uh, clobbeque? And I'm like, "Uh, sure. I mean, I can pay you in beer and barbecue. And he's like, done. We're there. Yeah, done. So he brought a few of the drummers and his um, bagpipes, and uh, And it was fun. And they were amazing, yeah, it, was it was good. Extremely amazing. Yeah, but it was good. It was good.
0: They also had a, another really special thing happen because there was a a run going through. Orient oh
3: yeah, yeah, that yeah, night. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, a military a, a
0: service service members running in or members of other service members. Marine Corps. Yeah, Marine Corps. They were Marines. You tell it, Daddy. Yeah.
2: How about? How I don't about, really know how, how much about it.
0: Okay, it was a hundred mile run done by some Marine Corps members in honor of their fallen.
2: Fallen Brothers.
0: Fallen Brothers. And uh, some of the organizers of the run came over because we...
2: Okay, wait a minute. Let me tell you the story, because I was there.
0: Okay, so I'm so first, telling it right?
2: Yeah, first, first of all, we went okay. by these these wonderful guys on our way back from the claw, and they looked like they were about ready to die. They'd, they're probably 50 miles into this or something. I don't know. They Whoa. looked a little
3: weary. I was in the truck behind you, and I yeah. was bitching at them. You mother, get your <laughs> ass moving. And all of a sudden, we pulled up, and I'm like, oh, they're running. So I right. guess, yeah. It
2: felt bad. Um, but then... Um, Honest, it was very, it ended up being very cool. John and his band were more than polite because out of nowhere, without prompting uh, two of the ladies who are part of the whole thing that were receiving them and ordering for one of their legs of their deal.
3: Which was genius because they sent over two women.
2: Yeah. So they sent over two women and they're like asking around who owns the place or whatever. They find me and they're like, "Um, can you ask your band if they would play for us? And, you know, told me the story, backstory. And of course, you know, it's a cool story. And servicemen And it benefits all that And so I'm not going to say Screw you But I'm kind of like Well it's not my call It's the band I mean they've been working All day at Enumclaw Claw Playing They come here And play for free I, You know They want I'm sure be hap- help you out But I, right. I can't f- speak for them
3: And the women Were all giving them The evil eye Because they were Kind of scantily dressed
2: Yes
1: <laughs> they, were
2: they, they, were were they were not They were not. They were not But anyway So John and those guys Went or over it Took for ones. an hour But anyway I don't want to talk About that anymore Let's talk about The next thing Pleasanton
0: they did it. It was awesome.
2: Stephanie, Candy Sprinkles, <laughs> you are. Sh- shut it. She's reiterating. I, we, we got it. We've talked about it. Okay. I want to go to Pleasanton.
3: So do I. I love Pleasanton. Yes. yes. I you know how like much to go I love to
2: Pleasanton. Pleasanton
0: too, but. You
3: can't come.
2: Just pipe. <laughs> Clearly, I've been exploding. I'm going to turn you off. Pleasanton is coming up soon. For those who don't know in the world that listen to us, Pleasanton is the biggest game on the West Coast. Brett and I like to call it the Super Bowl of Highland Games. It is. It's P-Town. It's the big deal. It's a fun, fun event. And, uh, you know, if you can get uh, a part of that family and crew and get invited back, it's a good, good thing. Um, but, um, well, it's it's just, you know, it's it's a cool place. I'm looking forward to it. But there's a big announcement that Whoa. we're talking about here.
3: The first time, you know, you get invited to it, you, you're like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. But then once you're there, you become family. Right. You become what they call the P-Town family. Right. And you don't really get it until you've been there. Right. Right. And it's true. Every, you know, every day after Pleasanton, you can consider yourself basically part of that family. And, I, you know, I think, you know, Steve Conway, uh, Kel Mulray, they basically are really, they're the ones that run the show. Yep, and they do an awesome job, and they make you feel like family. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. So, Absolutely. So that's that, that's part of the thing too. It's it's not all about throwing. It's about camaraderie and friends, which is the Highland Games thing. But I mean, they take it to the nth degree. Yeah,
2: take they take care of the throwers. They take care of the fans. It's yeah. it's a good deal. There's a lot of history and, there, and a we've t- and we've talked about it before that we love Pleasanton, we love the history, we love the way they run the games, all that. But there's something more important that's happening this year that needs to be talked about.
3: Oh, there's a big one. Right. 149th year.
2: 149th year, and yep. in the 149th. Year, Year, for the first time ever in 149 years, something is going to happen at Pleasanton that's never happened before.
3: And it's not the lunar eclipse, my friend. Oh, no, it's not. No.
2: No. It's the contestation of a particular Highland game event that's never been at Pleasanton.
3: No, not even. it's not even been talked about at Pleasanton.
2: No. In fact, it's the dirty word that is not to be talked about at Pleasanton. It's previously. pretty much the
3: scarlet letter of Pleasanton. It
2: is. And... Of course, anybody who knows us knows that what we're talking about is sheaf. Yes, you've heard it here, folks. If you've not heard it on the old Toonie box elsewhere, this year in Pleasanton on the main grandstands, the pros will be competing in sheaf.
3: Oh, my God. 5,000 spectators.
2: It's going to be
3: glorious. The Alameda horse uh, racetrack.
2: With right. palm trees behind you and yep. blue skies and yeah. sheaves of flying, baby. Oh my And you know what?
3: Goodness, Steve Conway is a genius, and the reason why he's a genius is because he listens to people, and even though he may deny it with plausible deniability, he realizes that we were right because we told him. You know what, Steve? You want to keep asses in them seats? You want to see people get happy? You put that sheaf in the grandstand. Right?
2: That's right. That's and, right. We're so proud of him. We, we don't want to gloat. We do. I mean, I mean, we don't. Of course, thank you're welcome, planet yeah, Earth, way, for our <laughs> badgering of him and the yes. incessant love of sheaf, sheaf that has spread across the country, making it one of the greatest things ever to be Wild witnessed. Wild fire. Yep. But... We got to give credit to uh, the man who only thinks uh, fork is good for using in the garden.
3: Yeah, that's what he told me once, and I almost punched him, but he was too far away.
2: But yeah, we're excited about it.
3: Yeah, I tell you what, that Steve Conway is a prince now.
2: He is. We're very excited about it. Very excited about it. What? What's going on? What? Hey. Big Daddy, Big Daddy, did you hear that?
3: What the? I don't know. No, it just sounds vaguely. Why is somebody calling in the line? I can't really even see the caller ID. It's kind of cloudy. What? What's the jingling sound? Oh.
2: Oh my God! You know what that is? You know what that is? Oh no. Answer the phone see who it is. It is. It, it's there. Can you
1: hear it? Hello.
2: Oh my God. Who is this? It's Haas. Who's this?
1: You know who this is.
2: Oh my God, Big Daddy! It's it's Donald Denny.
1: Yes, it is.
2: What's up, Donald?
1: Well, I just overheard your little toony box, and you were griping about that stupid, not Highland Games piece of crap you guys like to call a sport
2: okay so denny we have obviously uh, acknowledged many times that sheaf is a traditional part of scottish games you and you just to need to shut get over
1: it mouth. shut your ugly mouth because i will come down over there and i will turn you into a piece of crap you know how strong i am
2: i've heard you're pretty strong
1: i'm stronger than you and let me tell you something your little bald friend over there who's quivering and can't even speak to me because he's quivering he's gonna feel the wrath as well
2: so so what uh, what brings you to haunt us today Denny what's up brother
1: what do you think brings me do you hear me metal
2: I hear him you, yeah, you're, still, right, you you're still you're still wearing got, them I see
1: I've got a bunch of them and let me tell you something this is only what I wear on Friday.
2: Wow, do you wear more or less on Friday? Is it casual? I wear,
1: are you stupid? Of course I wear less on Friday. On Saturday, I wear a lot more. But that's beside the point. Don't worry about all me medals, none of which you'll ever earn. Hoss, or your little buddy over there with his bald head. You, you guys will never earn these. But I'm still looking for that guy, that other friend of yours, Francis Brebner.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. I saw Francis uh, online the other day. I haven't talked with him in a while, though.
1: Really? So you're acting like you don't know where he is?
2: No, I couldn't tell you where he is. You still looking for Nutter.
1: him? I liar. Let me tell you something. I know another thing about you, Brett Lathrop. I happen to know that you know the whereabouts of one Steven. Conway.
2: Oh my gosh. We were just talking about Steve Conway because uh, we were talking about how he's getting sheaf in Pleasanton and we're excited.
1: That son of a bitch. 149 years of Highland Games and he's right it with the sheaf toss. Is he out of his ever-loving, gray-haired mind? Well... You know, I know he's a war veteran, but I didn't think PTSD stood for sheaf throwing. It's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I can't help you, I, Donald. I'm I'm a big fan of Steve Conway. I love what he's doing with the sheaf. Of course and you are, because you
1: like sheep, you little bracks.
4: You and your little bald head. How come, how come you won't speak to me? He's um, over
2: in the corner um, just kind of sucking his thumb. He went to the bathroom and...
1: Now he's... I'm going to punch him in his bald head. Let me tell you something. When are you going to see your little friend Francis and your old buddy Steve Conway? Tell me.
2: When am I going to see them? Yes. Well, I'll see them in, in uh, at the end of August, end early of August. September. Where, where
1: will you be when you see them?
2: Uh, I'll be in Pleasanton.
1: I got you now, you dumb son of a bitch. You just told me where you're going to be. <laughs> I'm going to get you, Fredler, and freaking Steve Conway, and I'm going to tell the hell of running crap out of all you bastards!
2: It's got a you, you got a quad vector there. You can take us all on. I'd you like can, to. Right, I can. I'd like to see you try it.
1: You oh, know, not only am I going to try it, but I'm going to succeed. You know that I used to carry two stones that they named after me across a bridge.
2: Yeah, I think we've established there's no way in hell you actually did that in real life.
1: Oh, a big threat laid from. Damn you to hell, damn you to hell. I'll get you in Pleasanton, you bag of
2: shit. Holy cow, he is upset, Big Daddy. Is he gone? (laughs) Yeah. He Are is, you sure? Yeah, he's upset, man. I, he's got a... Bump. God he's, damn, that guy scares I know, the shit out of me. I know me. you went to the bathroom for a little bit of that, but he... Um,
3: I'm not going to lie, folks. I was quivering like a baby with my thumb in my mouth.
2: Well, he's a, he's a, big, he's a big deal, really. He's you know?
3: a fucking scary son of a bitch. That guy is crazy. <laughs> First of all, he's been dead for, what, 150 fucking years, and he still scares the shit out of me.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I tell you what, I pity Conway. You know who else I pity? Who you? Because you pissed him off. <laughs> I heard it.
2: I'll take. I, I'm not. I'm not scared. Are we in separate rooms at Pleasanton? Bring it on. We no. should be in
3: Pleasant. I think we should need separate rooms at Pleasanton.
2: No, we're in together.
3: No, that's we're, gonna suck.
2: We're in together. You
3: know, so stop. Uh, what? Whoa, hey, I think uh, I think old Donald Denny got. Uh, he possessed your wife.
2: <laughs> yeah, Candy. We're in the middle of broadcasting here. I, I don't know what you're talking about.
3: So anyway, yeah, I'll tell you what. That guy scares the absolute crap out of me. Yeah? So... All right. Well well that's
2: good. Uh
3: you had a lot of balls there. I gotta give you credit offs. You stood up to him.
2: I'm sorry, Steve. Uh I you know, it's he's obviously haunting uh and now looking both for Brebner and you. Oh. But uh I'm I'm in your corner, brother. Good yeah. job on Sheaf, thanks for doing it and uh yeah, hey, we're, I'm excited.
3: we will back up one hundred percent, but I'm gonna tell you right now, Conway, if Denny shows up, I'm gone, brother. I am G O U N
2: Hey, Big Daddy, let's, let's pop over to pop culture Sounds like a event, plan, shall we?
3: Yeah, let me, let me go ahead and change my pants and my underwear. Okay, we out. Love ya. This is
1: good. This is good. Obviously. <laughs> oh,
0: Gilligan's Island, Mr. Howell. Uh, what? You've got to control yourself and think of something non-sexual. I haven't even touched you yet, and you're turning into this year's tower.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, non-sexual. Right, right. Um... Okay. Chairs. Good. (laughs) Chairs.
0: Uh, uh, um, Uh, uh, Cleaning my bathroom. Dung beetles. Now don't freak out. I'm going to do something to push a threshold.
1: Okay, no. Oh, it's cold. What are you doing? I just shoved a trumpet in your ass. Aren't instruments fun? Okay, I think you've just crossed my threshold.
2: And Big Daddy, we're back.
3: Yes, we are back in trouble again, as always. Yes, we are,
2: and it's time for
4: a pop-a-culture. A culture culture. a
3: pop culture Pop goes the culture. A pop goes the culture. And the angels came down from heaven, and they said, give me the pop-culture. Give
2: me the pop-culture. Okay. 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 (laughs) Okay, so first of all, we've got two pop culture things. So I grabbed that little
3: angel by the wings, and I said, listen, you little son of a bitch, I'm going to give you some pop culture. That's right. And I tore those little wings off that little angel. And that little angel looked at me and said, why'd you do that? And I said, because I felt like it. Now shut up and go back to heaven.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's going to work well for you. Pretty sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm going to hell.
2: All right, so first on the old pop culture current events, out of www.refinery29.com. Not a a website, is this. Not a a big website you and I are uh, popularly on all the time, but it's a a fashion website. Fashion website. It's candy sprinkles knows about.
0: Fashion, trends, and lifestyle.
2: There you go. Fashion, trends, and (laughs) lifestyle.
3: So basically it talks about me a lot.
2: True. And there was an article on on a Refinery29 that we needed to talk about. It is what would it take for you to wear a fanny pack?
3: Anything because you know what? I love wearing a fanny pack and I've been wearing one for years. So
2: Candy Sprinkles, our producer, brings this up, says it's going on the show sheet. I'm like, uh, no. Because <laughs> fanny packs are pathetic and bad and Big Daddy wears one. Right. It's a sports but. sporing. Sports right? sporing. Yeah, so here's
3: the deal. Do you know why I wear one? Why? Because it just pisses you off.
2: So I'm going to read this. This is from the article. They, they go by many names. Waste purse. No. Is that chaos pouch or chow pouch? Chaos pouch. Hip sack bum bag. Now bum bag I've heard before. But no matter what you call them, fanny packs generally conjure only one image. Befuddled, unhip tourists more concerned with hitting every destination on their giant paper map than... Crafting a forward ensemble, surely such an item has no place in our wardrobes, right? Question mark. To this, I say bullshit. Well, they would tend to agree with you.
3: Were you an '80s bodybuilder?
2: Uh, no,
3: no. Well, you know what? When I was in the '80s, I hung around a lot of bodybuilders, and we all wore fanny. You bags wore your with our zubas,
2: yeah, very nice.
0: Yeah, we know this. We're not
2: zubas. We're not Let's so sure anymore in an era when. Normcore clothing and socks with sandals have weaselled their way into our sartorial repertoire. Fanny packs suddenly feel not so wrong. No, they might even seem kind of right. Not and right. our favorite retailers have uh, seemed to agree because we've been noticing upgraded uh, iterations of the formerly frumpy staple on virtual shelves left and right. If you feel like joining the pack and going travel chic, click ahead to shop our picks. Just don't forget to swing by the comments to let us know if you are a fanny.
0: Right. So then there was this uh, slideshow of various fanny packs.
2: Right. Did any match his sports sporran?
0: There were no sports sporrans, but there were from, there were leopard print ones.
2: Okay. Oh,
0: there mm. were.
2: That could go with your leopard kilt. Everybody were, takes things. A there little there
0: bit, were you know. distressed denim ones, but it was distressed denim that looked like honestly something that i think jay you only you owned in the 80s but it was six hundred dollars
3: mine was leather wow yeah and then
2: there there was would you wear a distressed um no sports
3: but then
0: there was one can i
3: tell you guys what the real fashion of wearing a fanny pack is all about please a fanny pack should be simple yeah, it should be small. Yeah, and it should be able to hold a wallet, a passport, some keys, and perhaps some change.
2: Okay, mm-hmm.
3: it's not designed to carry your life in it. Okay, so you see these people who got it strapped around their midsection, and it's uh, looks like a piece of samsonite wrapped around their waist. Okay, <laughs> and it's tucked up over there, underneath their boobs. You know. Over their bellies. Ooh, yep. That's I, not the way you wear a fanny pack. A Those guys that. make us look bad.
0: But, but I have to ask you this, Big Daddy. Yes. So, in this article that that uh, Big that Haas has referenced, Big Haas, Big Haas has <laughs> referenced, there were ones fanny packs ranging from you know twenty five dollars to twenty five hundred dollars. Right. Well,
2: what's that got to do with any?
0: So I am saying. Would an honest fanny pack cost twenty five hundred dollars? No, an
3: honest fanny pack would cost you anywhere between twenty dollars and perhaps maybe forty two fifty. Anything more than that what is if it was extravagant. Made of leather, leather would go forty two fifty. I've got okay. a leather fanny pack, and I there can, you I go. Know.
2: Yep. Okay. Well, I'm I'm distressed by this article, but um, it validates once again, Big Daddy, that you're at the forefront of cultural. Chaos. I've been telling you for years. People of the
0: nineties are back. And I'm bringing I the fanny pack. Responsible for the fanny pack.
3: Turn her microphone off. <laughs> yes. I have been telling you Enough for years. Sure. I am bringing the fanny pack back. Well, so live it, love it, learn it. Seems to be back.
0: I'm seems gonna to buy back. you that leopard print one that was in the
3: hey, hey, The best thing about wearing a wearing a fanny pack is if you wear a kilt. You know, most people don't have pockets and kilts. A it's fanny true. pack is really just basically a sporn. All right. Okay.
1: All right. Okay. okay.
3: So, where you're and Shetty? shit.
2: Okay. Our other current event is um a passing, but I thought you might like this big daddy because we Yeah, of uh, course I
3: love when people die.
2: Well, it's it's football season. It's just kicked off. Okay. And someone uh historical in the football world has passed. Football's meanest man dies. Ed Sprinkle. Any relation, Candy? Dies at 90. No,
0: but I saw the article, Big Caddy, yeah, and I thought of you immediately, which is why I put it on the Ed
2: show sheet. Ed Sprinkle. Well, yeah, that's true. I, not related to Candy Sprinkles. Nope. Not really so, to me. And this was out of uh, foxsport.com. Um, Ed Sprinkle, a star defensive end for the Chicago Bears in the 1940s and 50s, who was called the meanest man in football, has died. He was ninety years old.
3: He actually used to use his shoulder a lot. He would throw his shoulder into opponents. Really? And they actually checked his shoulder pad to see if it was uh, if there was metal in it or something. Oh, really? Because he would knock people the fuck out.
2: Really? Yep. Wow. He died uh, July twenty eighth in the Chicago suburb of uh, Palos Heights. His daughter Susan Withers said. Sprinkle uh, played for the Bears from nineteen forty four to fifty five, which is a pretty long run back in those days. Oh Makes yeah, sense. they didn't
3: they didn't uh, have any you know.
2: Under um, Coach George Hollis, including a 1946 championship. Sprinkle was elected to the Chicago Sports Hall of Fame in 1984. Um, He loved playing football, and his whole career he never went to another football team, Withers said. Despite being only 200 pounds, Big Daddy, Springle was labeled the meanest man in football in a Collier's Magazine article in the 1950s. He was nicknamed The Claw for using his forearm to deliver blows to opponents. He leveled plenty of quarterbacks, um, although it was hard to say how many because he played long before any statistics were kept. He is said to, in one game, uh, have at least five sacks. Um, he served in the U.S. Navy. What? What? What, what? A- And he went into the uh, carpeting and tile business after football, and he owned a bowling alley at one point. He stayed active in the NFL and played in charity golf tournaments. Nice. So, cheers to you, Ed Sprinkle. I'd really honestly never heard of him. He's he's one of those guys, I think, like a Bronco Nagurski from back in the day. Right. That, you know, had an amazing impact on the game back in the time, you know, uh, long enough ago that we kind of forget some of that
3: well yeah i mean uh people nowadays probably never heard of mean joe green or you know walter payton or right you know guys in the 70s and uh you know so you can imagine you know guys from the 40s and 50s they don't
2: uh, right. know very much about them. right all right well that's pop culture and current events yes it is we should go out to the next segmento
3: i dare you
1: Look what I found, Christie. What a coincidence. <laughs> now,
2: I've been saving this for a special occasion. For a special girl.
1: Just like you. You're so sweet. That's what they say. Oh, weird. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I spilled some on you. Maybe I should mop that up. I think. No problem. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, hey, take it slow. Come on. Right, you know, they warn us about these situations in college. Now, you may be intoxicated. Oh, yeah. Are you certain that you wish to engage in consensing? Hey, don't count your chickens, Buster.
2: I'm just playing by the rules, baby. I make the rules. That's a pretty good fucking rule.
0: Am I ever
2: not ready? Um, No comment. And we're back, Big Daddy. Boom. Here we are. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to Fork Talk, episode
3: 21. 21.
2: It's time for sponsor shouts, Big Daddy.
3: Indeed. Our sponsors. We need our sponsors because there's no way we're going to ever buy that big yacht without sponsorship.
2: This is true. And we've got uh, one for this segment. It is Clevenger sheaves Clevenger sheaf, the
3: best sheaf ever made
2: Yep, setting a level of excellence in anything you do is a worthy accomplishment Indeed, Transforming the battered burlap pillow bag sheaf of old into a work of art That's the trademark of a Clevenger bag It's written on the side Distinctive in look and performance Clevenger sheaves are hand built to exacting specs for consistency, long life, and PR flying joy <laughs> Look at that dingo. 20 16 and 10 pound options he's up to 630 some bags or something like that big daddy oh yeah, yeah. crazy ridiculous uh he is also sponsoring as we've discussed <laughs> maybe not a good idea in the first place duncan mccallum for his uh pro debut later this year you know most Hopefully people he
3: say well you know he's sponsoring he's got a horse in the race and you know you know, Duncan's a good horse, very good, until he pulls up lame. <laughs>
2: anyway, get you, Duncan. No can, offense. You Duncan. can contact him via Facebook, Clevenger Sheaves. Tell the tell him that fork talk assentia.
3: And you know what we get out of it? We get nothing out of it. Nothing. But the, the pure joy of knowing that a our good friend Jason Clevenger is going to get some business, and b you're going to get a quality sheaf. That's right. Oh, you hear that music? Oh, hey, Big Daddy. That's the big G. First
2: of all, it's time for segment one. Yes. Uno. Numero uno. And this segment is called Cigars.
3: One of my favorite subjects.
2: And when you're talking about cigars, you're talking about friends. (laughs) And when you're talking about friends, you're talking about friends in low low places. places. Especially with this crew. That's right. right? Oh, yeah. You hear that? Yes, I do. Because we got friends. We got
3: friends in low places. In low places. places. Whiskey drowns and the beer chases my
2: blues away. away. Oh, yeah, baby.
3: And I'll be okay. All right. So, segment cigars. Yes, indeed. First of all. First of all, cigars are, are the th- responsible for my melodic tone. Are they? Because yes, because the- my well, my throat is destroyed <laughs> from all the years of smoking cigars.
2: <laughs> well, that's not necessarily a good thing.
3: And screaming at Angie,
2: right? Well, first of all, um, anybody who knows you knows you love cigars. Indeed. And I have been known to enjoy a good cigar as well.
3: Yes, you have, and you've got good taste in cigars, my friend. I
2: smoked a lot of cigars when I was younger
1: mm-hmm. in
3: my
2: twenties. We used to have a, Twisher a Cigar
0: Aficionado.
2: Yeah, I, I a, used to have one of those too. I was a cigar yeah, aficionado totally guy. In the 90s. Yeah.
3: I had one with Tom Selleck on the cover.
2: Did you? Yeah,
3: he yes. was a, that guy looked good smoking cigar.
2: That's true. And He's I don't mean that a,
3: I don't mean that in a gay way.
2: No, no, I understand what you're saying.
3: I mean, in a total man-lust way.
2: Right. Um, And uh, I got out of it for a little while, but um, I'm happy to be back into it a bit, and it helps to have good friends in low places to smoke with. Pretty much, and
3: you've always got me around because I'll always give you a good quality stogie.
2: That's right, that's right. And, um, well, cigars can be important to various parts of life, right? They sometimes mark important things in your life.
3: Pretty much. Right? Yeah, well, you get a new baby. Cigar. You pass out cigars, right? Right. You get married? Yep. Cigar. Smoke a cigar, right? S- smoke a cigar. You buy a new house. You smoke your you first cigar. Year, right?
2: I married Candy Sprinkle all those beautiful 21 or two years ago, whichever nearly, one it is. Nearly 21. 21 years. And uh, when we were honeymooning in Victoria, British Columbia, I went to the Empress and I went to the Bengal Tiger Room and I smoked a Cuban cigar in the fireplace.
3: My man. My yeah. man. Well, you know, and then you got Bill Clinton, you know, known for quality cigars. <laughs> N- known for, yes. Monica Lewinsky can attest to that.
2: You know what? I never she heard... She liked
3: the 60 ring size, I hear.
2: I, <laughs> That's not right. What I don't... That's not even... What I never heard of... What I what I never heard of is whether or not that famous incident happened with a proper cigar or a cheapie. Because if he was George Burns in it with a crappy owl cigar versus something nice, mm. I'm not... How do you feel about that? Is it is it a, a bad use of a good cigar in the way that he used it? Or would you rather he used a... Less expensive cigar.
3: You know, the whole tale's a little fishy. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're sticking cigars in someone's hoo-ha... I'm going to take that You down, know, you get funny. what you pay for, I guess. You know, if he's smoking a Swisher Sweet, right? you know, who gives a shit? Stuff right. it in anything, right? Right. But, I mean, if you've got a good quality cigar, you don't want to waste it. Right. You might dip it in a little scotch, perhaps. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that would be a good use for it. Right. But, uh, you know, dip it in an intern, not so much.
2: Now, everybody has their favorite kind of cigar. Indeed. Right? So you uh, tend to like cigars with a dark Maduro wrapper, for oh, example. Oh,
3: yeah. I like that strong pull. Right?
2: Yep. Uh, I, on the other hand, like a mild cigar. You do? I do. And, of course, the t- different sizes. You, some people have, like a big old Churchill and some like something a little smaller. Yep. A little I, patella or I like something.
3: The, I like the Churchill. Okay. What about you?
2: Well, I, I, I actually kind of like a Corona. Size. What,
3: what ring size do you think that would be about?
2: You know, I don't know what a ring size of Corona is. Mm-hmm. Do you? It's like it's under fifty,
3: a... isn't it? So yeah.
2: you know. I thought the ring sizes were like in two, three, four, five, or something like that.
3: No, I go. Uh, you know, let's say like a fifty is probably a pretty thick cigar. Yeah. The ones I smoke, the Padrones, yeah, they're sixty ring size, so they're oh. pre- they're pretty pretty fat. Ah, cool. You know, so then you go, you go lower than that. So.
1: Cool. Yeah.
2: Well, in this segment, we are also hoping because we put out to the Fork Talk Nation, if you want to call in and have a little chat about cigars, oh yeah, and and offer up anything else, you could uh, contact Candy Sprinkles and get a slot. Yeah. So um, I, Can- I sure hope somebody calls. So Candy, the question is: Do we have things queued up? Do we have anybody on the old Tooney box ready to go?
0: I think we do. I'm hearing...
2: We
3: got some music? Something. Uh Uh-oh. What? You know what that means? (laughs) I know exactly what what that
2: means. (laughs) That means the international man of mystery is in the house. In the hizzy. Gentlemen. Miles Wetzel.
4: The ghost of Denny is on top of you. uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, my. What? The same...
1: Pleasant
4: in this
3: year. Yo, man, that, that Donald Denny, he's coming for us.
2: Wow, he just jumped in wait a minute, Miles, are you saying Denny's been spooking you as well for finding Conway?
4: If I'm breathing heavy, it's from that Clevenger ad, man.
1: <laughs>
4: Listen to that. You guys got me all worked up, man. I'll tell you. Uh, when you know when you when you had that sixteen and twenty pound bag available. I was just like breathing hard, where I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm getting excited
3: here." Wow, I think I heard that actually from here, all the way from Tuscaloosa, Alabama.
2: Makes you want to go show
3: throw Sheaf. Well, you know what? I I got to tell you something. There's a few people that, and I think of Highland Games, and I think of Sheaf. There's probably three people that come to mind immediately. Yeah, Miles is one of
2: them. Uh, Yeah, absolutely.
3: You got Gene Flynn, you got Miles Wetzel, and you got myself. So um those three people come to I'm mind. So you. Honored. you should be. You
4: I'm really...
1: so honored. Thank, you.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I'm I'm excited they're gonna do that at Pleasanton this year. I think that's gonna really play big in front of the grandstand.
3: Well do you know what, what you, know you, you know what Haas and I say about that? You're welcome.
2: You're welcome. Yeah, that's, that's right. right.
3: Because we basically believe that we are the reason why Steve Conway is putting on chief at Pleasanton. Right, we bullied that son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> We're very proud of him making the right choice. It's gonna be, it's gonna be epic. Ep- oh it's work. gonna be epic. Oh,
4: don't. Say hey, that so part.
2: Miles, thanks for stopping by, brother. Tell us, uh,
4: whoever wins this year will have the field record. That's gonna be awesome. That's going be awesome. True,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, good point. True, the first field record of Sheaf in Pleasant. Actually,
3: everyone will have the field record until the last guy wins. It's the true. last guy standing, right? So
2: it's true. Yeah. Hey,
3: Miles,
4: your, do you
2: do you like a good cigar?
4: I do like a good cigar. And I, and my question is, where your uh, taste on the flavorings of Bill Clinton adding to his particular blend of cigar, was that from a Republican or Democratic uh, stance?
2: Republican. Ooh, interesting. It's interesting. From a,
0: it's from a completely wrong stance because the
2: whole – it doesn't matter what political candy, persuasion use, you are. use the board. Wrong. Wrong. He's wrong. the board.
3: Wrong. Uh, women have no I'll say in this some, conversation when it comes some to cigars Democrats and Democrats would just vaginas. have said, you know,
4: Bill did that right.
2: That's right. Of course they would. Yeah.
3: So speaking of cigars, uh, Miles, what's your favorite? What, what do you What do you uh, enjoy, besides a free one?
4: You know, I'm not a regular cigar smoker. I'm more of a um, an event smoker. Mm-hmm. You know, to celebrate like uh being at the worlds uh something big at a game uh that's you know it's kind of just to be with your friends and to have a smoke and to enjoy that you know um, where i'll smoke anything uh pretty much uh so i'm not a you know i'm not somebody who's uh snobbish or whatever about it you know i'll get right in there and try it um you know, I come from a background where I was an iron worker at one time where I actually chewed uh, for a while. So, you know, to move up to smoking a cigar, man, that's really a... <laughs> that
0: was a good choice, a Miles. <laughs> I
4: think you know, I,
0: have a
4: question. I, I I have a question for you guys. Uh, how many forks do you all have each?
2: Ooh, oh, great question.
3: Hey, I got one second. Andrew. Count the forks in
2: the garage right now. Wow, there's so many you don't remember? Yes. I own Miles while Jay's handler is checking out the number of sheaf forks he has. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five. I think I have five sheaf forks, including candy sprinkles. Six. And I have two in process.
4: Wow, that's awesome. What do you call uh is that like a gaggle? Is that a like Congress? Is oh. it a you know Hold is on. It a herd?
3: I gotta weigh in on this. I uh we just got a report back from my uh Angie there. Your
2: handler, yes.
3: Um seven, seven. To to include the one that's at your house that we're gonna be working on. Okay. So between the two of us, between Haas and myself, because we share everything essentially, you know, my, mm-hmm. you know, me casa as su Casa me fork as Sue fork. C, uh, si. <laughs> muy bien gracias. Uh, we actually share, so basically together we have approximately thirteen forks. Wow. So what would we call, so basically your question to us as Miles, is what do we
2: call that? That's brilliant because all things like you know all animal groups have a different grouping. It's a,
0: it's a flock of forks.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I they don't, don't fly, though. I don't. I don't like a flock.
0: They, no, they do fly.
3: It could be a flock of sheaves. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a flock of sheaves. If you're going to, well, if but you're going to talk, Angie, you need to get on a microphone.
2: It's a, it's a flock of sheaves, um, mm-hmm. but it's, but it, I like, I like Miles' thought there. Right? Is it a Congress? Is it a gaggle? Is it a? It's a murder of forks.
3: A murder of forks. That's oh it. my god! That's it. That's it. Because what's a murder again?
2: Of
0: crows.
3: Absolutely. Oh my god! That's it, Miles. It's a murder of forks. Wow, you you like that too? It Brought a tear to your eye. I can hear it from here.
1: It,
4: that just rolls off your lips. <laughs> it
2: does we a, have murder, a murder of a fork?
4: Absolutely, good
2: job throwing Andy. a flock of sheaves. Yes,
3: indeed.
4: Yeah, you have to have different forks. So for different things, you know, like you've got like a uh, low rent ones, a crummy one. You know, for stuff in the garage, poking your neighbor in the ass, or the people you, know, you don't stuff like, like at all right uh, mm-hmm. a utility fork as it were right
3: yes sir and right. then,
4: then, then you've got to have an athletic fork something that you're gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna perform with this fork this right. is gonna be my fork for performing you might have one for a 16 and a different for a 20
3: that's true you, know, you
4: could have a fork even you know but you're gonna have something for that you want that fork that's your favorite one and then Maybe you've got something, you know, your show fork. Yes. You know, like, you know, when Cheryl, you know, it's Friday night. Maybe I'll go in there and show her my fork.
2: (laughs) (laughs) After she's made you a beautiful pot roast dinner. Yeah. What a lucky woman.
0: (laughs) What a lucky man.
2: Yes. Uh, You've got a show fork, Big Daddy. I do. You rarely ever touch it or use it.
3: You're talking about my Marine Corps fork?
2: Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. Or you're doing with one of my pants? Well, you've got your. I use that one a lot. You've got your right marine. Ant-
2: you've got your Marine Corps fork. You've got your um, uh, Irish. Oh yeah. Um, Shamrock. Shamrock. Shamrock fork, fork. Yep. which I have used as a good flyer, but you you haven't had as much luck with it.
3: Well, do you know who else used that fork? Who? Ryan Vieira in his ever in his very last ever sheaf competition in wow. Iowa.
2: that's true. He yep. did. And do you know what, Miles? I was there. That's
3: so a neck.
4: potent mojo to be on that, that fork. That's very potent mojo. Uh, you need to nurture that. You can see
3: it. you can see why I don't use it that much, because I don't want to rub that mojo off of it. But both yeah, of those forks, both of my show horrible. forks, were made by uh, a good...
4: Viera, Ryan Vieira, wow. <laughs> he touched it. He, it. he used it.
3: He won oh. the sheaf competition with my fork. He did. And you know what I told him?
2: What did you tell him?
3: I said, you make sure you put that fork down correctly with the tines up.
2: Or I'll beat your ass. Because you know what? I don't (laughs)
3: care if five-time world champion or not. It's still my fucking fork. And Kel Mulray made it for me.
1: That's right. And he said,
3: no problem, Jay. Yep. He was respectful. Now, could you get out of my way, please?
2: (laughs) (laughs) How many forks do you have, Miles? Yeah,
3: how many you got there, Miles?
4: I have four. Oh, Yeah. I have four. One of them's really, really rough. It's a utility fork, and I mean, it's rough. It's kept in the garage like it knows its place.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's the one that yeah. the newbies use when you're trying to give them a little pointer on sheaf. You say, "Here, use this one."
4: Yeah. No, I've got one of those. Now it's a, it's a it's a it's over in the athletic category at least, but down at the bottom. Like I'm not going to use that, but you can. <laughs> uh, What's you know, and then I've got I've got mine, and and mine I you know I, I'm, you better be throwing with some decent mojo if you want to use mine. I'm with you. I've actually I actually had to ask a dude like, hey man, uh, you know I saw what you were doing there. I don't know if I want you to put that on my fork. You know. Yep. Uh, where you don't want you know that's your you know where I've talked to that fork for years. I have a relationship.
3: Yeah, and you know you know. Forks actually get pissed off when you give them to some loser. They don't want to be on the hands of a, a loser. Pimp.
4: I am not a pimp. That's
3: right. You're not a pimp. We have a relationship. <laughs> it isn't right to use my fork. <laughs> There's a, there, you know what they're doing? They're basically raping it because they have no reason touching it.
4: It's in the back seat, so I have to be. <laughs> Wink, wink, nod, nod. We have a relationship.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, Miles, I've had a couple of experiences where guys would want to use my fork, and I would just blatantly say, no, that's not happening. And they'd say, well, you know, there's a rule that says that every fork on the field has to be used. And I said, you know, show me the rule because it's not happening. And they get kind of a little pissy about it, but, you know, they don't argue too much. It's like, "Mm hmm, my fork.
4: Do you pinch them when you do it? Sometimes that works too. Pinch them? Do you just give him a little pinch? A little throat punch.
2: little throat punch. Jay's not a big pincher.
0: <laughs> Miles, I just give him the look. I say, no, you're
4: not going to use it. Throat punch. Throat punch. I've never heard. I have no knowledge. <laughs> you know?
3: Well, if I see, you, when I see you again there, Miles, we'll talk about the old throat punch. I'll show you some techniques. <laughs> 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 you're going to be schooled, Jay. It's a, it's a technique where the guy slips and falls into my fist. You know
2: that one, don't you?
4: I had Craig Smith hanging off to me, man. Where uh, Craig saved that kid's life. <laughs>
2: oh, All right. Well, hey, Miles. I sure hope that Denny's Denny does not haunt you any further. We will try and nip that in the bud. But until he finds Conway, he's probably after anybody in the show who knows how to get a hold of him. That's what I'm thinking.
4: Hey, man. I, I'm just sending. Uh, I'm sending good chief high thoughts there. Where uh, you know. We're, uh, I think that's going to be just awesome, man. I, I, I can't wait to see that show there in Pleasanton. That's going to be great. Hey, it was great to talk to you guys.
3: You, as always. I'm Thank hoping, you. I'm hoping, and actually, I'm praying that I'm going to see you soon in Pleasanton.
2: Absolutely.
3: Especially that would make sense. that,
4: that you, you stepped up in age group, Daddy.
3: That's right, baby. That's right. I came up to the adult section. You, you
2: two legends can throw together. That's good stuff.
3: I could probably die right there in the field and be happy.
2: Absolutely. No. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Miles. We'll be good. Thanks for calling in. We'll catch up with you again soon. Take care, brother. All
3: man. right, love you, brother. Take care.
2: The international you, man guys. of mystery. My man, Miles. Yeah, Wetzel. baby. I love it.
3: I love that guy. Off he goes. I really do.
2: Da da ba ba da ba. Uh uh uh.
3: You okay over there? Yeah,
2: baby, yeah. I love. Get your that.
3: hand above the console. All
2: right, that was good stuff. Hey, that was a that was a world class first caller on that segment.
3: That was, and not only was it a world class caller, it was a world class sheet thrower too, which always is nice because he's you know he still holds a world record.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You
1: want to do the next
2: call in? Well, I'll tell you what. What I want to do is uh, talk a little bit uh, about a little bit more about some. Sh- uh, cigars,
3: cigars.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yep.
2: so tell me a little bit, Big Daddy, about your a couple of your fondest memories of cigar smoking. Fondest you have like, memories. Yeah, do you have like a memory, like a particular thing that you did that was really kind of on the top of the list? Yeah, you know,
3: it's it, funny you mentioned that. You know, I started smoking cigars when I was in the service, and basically, I was working with this guy. He was a uh, 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 master sergeant, Marine Corps. His name was we called him Top Top Pollock. And uh, we were on a road march one time, and Top was pretty dehydrated. Knees started buckling on him, and he was having a hard time getting through. And so I uh, started an IV on him, got him up and running, and he finished finished the road march. So as a treat to me, he basically made me one of the boys. So every Thursday they had cigar night.
2: Mm. And
3: he invited me to cigar night, and they were a member of a cigar club.
2: Okay.
3: And... uh, the, I think it was Thompson Cigar Club, would send them cigars, and then every month they get a certain amount. Yeah. And we tried various kinds and stuff like that, and the ones you liked, you you ordered more. The ones you didn't like, you, not so much. Yeah. And so that's pretty much how it started, and I can remember those, pretty fondly those Thursday evenings. And then, you know, even being deployed and uh, being overseas and... Um, you know, even with everything going on around you, you, you still had that Thursday night that, you know, you could kind of cling on to where it was almost like you're back home again, you know. Right. So just sharing Stogie, you know. You know, I, I can't re- relive the environment of the smell of gunpowder and mortars bursting, you know, you know, 10 miles away from you, you know, but and just smoking a cigar with your friends. But I... You know, every Friday night I, I, I make sure I, I smoke a stogie and kind of do it in, in fond memory of my friends in service and the times we had. And, you know, whenever I have a celebration, there's always a cigar involved. You know, when Angie moved and I moved into the house, it was a cigar night. Uh, times with you, you know, when we, when we travel and we hang out together, we, you know, we smoke a cigar together. Those are, those yeah. are my fondest memories. Cool. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. So Yeah. How about yourself?
2: Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, yeah, I told you the one about um, smoking a stogie in Victoria for my, uh, my honeymoon. That was kind of cool. I, um, probably one of my fondest memories was when we were living in Europe, uh, we, I had work to do in Moscow, Russia.
3: Oh, when you were a commie spy?
2: Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so I needed to go over there for a, a full week to do some meetings with various banks and stuff on some communication uh, solutions we were putting together for them. And I'd never been. I had to go to the consulate to get a special visa and all that. And um, one of the things we tried doing when we lived over there was to take advantage of these opportunities. Because if I was getting a free trip to go work somewhere for a week... Then if it worked out, Steph and Cole would also come out on like a, for a long weekend, like Mm -hmm. come in on a Thursday night or something. And then we'd spend Friday, Saturday, Sunday spooking around the various sites that were wherever I was. Right. Mm -hmm. We did, we did that in Rome once and, and we did that in Russia. So I was there for a week in Russia and, um, we stayed at this hotel. This was just south of of Moscow downtown. It was nice. The Tatiana. Uh, ooh, Candy Sprinkles even remembers where it was. The Tatiana. How can you forget? So we were so we're there, and um, it's Russia, and Russia doesn't have a problem with Cuba. <laughs> no, no, actually, they're allies. <laughs> Never has. <laughs> so I so I roll up to the. There's a nice bar in the lobby, and it's one of those hotels that's got a big open. Um, Center Mm -hmm. where there's like a glass elevator that goes all the way up to the floor, and beautiful atrium, and it had an atrium, and so it had maybe I don't know fifteen floors of up, right? Mm -hmm. And so and this bar spilled out into the into the lobby, uh, and in this atrium, and there's there's chairs. So I sit down, and there uh, is a, a wine menu, a little snack menu, and a cigar menu. Was it all in Russian? Uh, Both English and Russian. Well, hey, how do you do? Yep. And I open it up, and it's literally 20 pages. Of cigars? Of just cigars. I think I would have come in my pants. And the cigars were (laughs) not the kind of... I mean, they're the cigars I had read about. I mean, they were were Monte Cristo number two Cubans, you know, that are fairly rare, that are one step away from Castro Cubans that he gives out in, you know... Diplomatic situations. Not they the were, kind
0: of cigars you get in North America?
2: They were Cohibas. They were Arturo Fuente's. They were, you know, they were um, Romeo and Juliet's, and and all of the big brands, but all of their Cuban versions.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. And
2: I didn't know what to do with myself. And and and, relatively speaking, you know, it was like five thousand rubles to the dollar or whatever, right? Our 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 um, my well, hotel bill for a week was like thirty thousand rubles. <laughs>
3: Which is how much for a, like a
2: thousand bucks? Holy moly, <laughs> something yeah. like that, right? A thousand, a thousand pounds. So, into- so it was, it was a lot, but uh, it, the but so the, the cigars were not that expensive, right? When you go to Canada and you want to get a, a Cuban cigar because it, it's legal, yeah. they're charging you $10, $20, 30 bucks for a cigar.
3: Yeah, because they can,
2: because they can, yeah. and of course they got people coming in who want them. So yeah, they were inexpensive, and I just was like,
0: mm, let me see, this is probably <laughs> like dollars <five laughs> a cigar, if that.
2: Yeah. So anyway, I pick um so I pick one um, so and and what was cool is I'm sitting there with my son, and so the cool bit was Cole was just getting old enough where he was getting on his own to be able to go uh, to and from the hotel room back down to where we were, and he loved the fact that he had the freedom now at seven years old or whatever it was to get the room key go to the elevator in the glass elevator. I could see him go up up to the floor and then into the room do stuff, come back. And so he was Mr. going back and forth. And I don't know, there was just something really kind of special about being there, having a beverage with my beautiful bride, my son frolicking with the Russians up and down in the hotel room and me sitting there puffing on this gorgeous stogie.
0: And remember that wedding?
2: Yeah. And there was a cool wedding that came through there and they were doing the traditional wedding and crash it pretty much. We were were pretty much there. And they just, they're just like, Oh, you're here. Well, you might as well start partying with us.
3: That's cool. Well, how many years did you do for uh, selling secrets to the Russians?
2: Um, they haven't caught me
3: yet. Okay. Well, sorry about that. I'll yeah, we'll delete that from yet. the uh, from the podcast. They haven't
2: right? caught me yet. Hey, Candy. Yes. We got anybody else? We do. All right, tune it up. Who's coming in?
0: It's uh, the one, the only.
2: Yep. Say it. You can say it.
0: Cass Tamla.
2: What? Wow! Wait a minute. Who gave him this number?
3: Yeah, no shit. Hey, this is my home number.
2: <laughs> Cass, what's up, brother? You
1: actually, actually pronounce my name right? Hell yeah!
2: Oh,
3: well, it's only been five
2: years. <laughs> That's
1: right. Speaking thanks of for me
3: on, fellas. speaking yeah, of hey, which, th- is, thanks for being on, Cass. Thanks for calling in.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on when Big Daddy gives you so much crap on every episode that you'd still have the, the nutsack to show up online. This is good.
1: You know what? Actually, the the reason I'm calling is not so much a question, but a statement. I, I kind of got a bone to pick with you guys.
2: Oh, oh all right. Oh. Now we're talking. I like bone to pick. Uh, now we're talking.
3: Wait a minute! I so, didn't mean
1: say that. At the uh, the Oregon games. Yeah. Beforehand, I said I will sponsor Spork Talk's drinking habit by bringing you guys alcohol if you give me a shout out on the show.
3: Okay. That's at right. Show,
1: no shout out. I'm oh. disappointed. You know that's right.
3: You're a fucking liar Cass.
1: Oh, I do not lie.
3: There's two reasons why you're lying. First of all, it was the DuPont games, not the Ording games that co- that's coming up next year. Oh, okay. Second of all, <laughs> I He did. You're he, a fucking liar.
2: He did. Ver- he brought
3: us <laughs> booze. He did. I drank it all though.
2: But I could have sworn we said if we We did. D- we gave Acme uh, a shout out, didn't we? I'm no. sure. Well, if we didn't, you're now officially shouted Okay. But it's a well, shameful, I can always delete that. But it's a oh, shameful, it. it's a shameful shout because now I've been shamed into shouting him. Pretty much, yeah. So now I feel bad.
0: Okay, Cass, I didn't know that they had promised you a shout out because, as producer, I would have made it happen. So and we would have ignored next time, her. Pretty much, go to the people who are really in charge. Wow,
3: okay, so Devilange, uh, go to Devilange.
0: Devilange devil and candy sprinkles.
2: Hey Cass, by the way, since you've called in um, back on episode twenty, good job on the uh, on this on this sheet "Why I Love Sheaf" video. Yeah, that was a good uh, video. It's, it's unfortunate we had to disqualify you for its twenty-minute uh, length, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I hear that I hear that um, a, a couple of big producers are thinking about putting it into a reality show. So,
1: <laughs> you know what? I nobody tells Peter Jackson that you know he has to cut a little bit out of the Lord of the Rings. I mean, I'm a visionary, okay. <laughs>
3: I don't understand that. What does that mean? Was <laughs> it a visionary? What's Lord of the Rings?
2: Oh, for God's sake. It,
3: it, it
0: made sense, Big Daddy. Just move past it. Is that
3: some kitty show?
0: No. Move past it, Big Daddy. Oh, I
3: forgot. You Dungeons Dragons people know all about that shit.
1: You know, just for fun, why don't you just take a picture of Gimli and then hold it up next to a picture of Big Daddy and just
3: talk yeah, a lot of it? Pretty that. much separated at birth. Hey, that's funny. Hey, why don't we take a picture of your mother?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and shove it up your ass. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry. I apologize. So specific. So specific
2: to the um, topic at hand. Cass, do you smoke cigars?
1: I do partake occasionally. It's definitely a a victory dance.
2: A victory dance. We know you smoke pole, but do you smoke cigars? Oh, just kidding. By
1: the way,
3: toss. Come on. Was that over the top? That was ridiculous. Why would you say that to our guest? I'm sorry. So besides smoking pole, what do you like for cigars?
2: <laughs> so, so Victor You're saying victory cigar. So you're not a regular cigar guy, but like oh,
3: so basically you're saying because he's never had a victory. Oh, you are yeah. a jerk tonight. No, I'll, no,
2: no, no. I did not. Hey Cass, I
3: apologize.
2: First of all, he had a, he had a wonderful victory when he and Bowie, his beautiful bride, had their first child. Yes, all little right. baby Dirk. Yep. Yeah.
1: Little, little jerky's hanging on my hip right now.
2: I love that kid. So, did you, did you have a a cigar when he was born?
1: You know what? Sadly, I didn't get to have the, the bouncing baby boy cigar. You know, mm. with one want the blue ribbon and all that crap, but, yeah. no, did not get to have one. I, we did, uh, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Go ahead. I, well,
3: CPS oh, won't we'll
1: call man, it. I kind of feel like a jerk
2: saying this, but, you know, after Kelso, we had a, uh, a nice victory cigar after the teen day. Just. Oh, you mother- Oh, you did. <laughs> you did. That's because they won, right? Yeah. <laughs> after, wait a minute. Were, hey, everybody. They a part of the, were they a part of the great Kelso um, um, scoring debacle of 2013 where we were, like, told that we were in the top three and then... Top three. We were told we were number okay. one. We won it, and, were like, and we're like, uh, "No, that Can can't be." Can I just be. say
0: that that wasn't because of?
2: Can you turn her microphone Cass? off, Cass?
0: It was because <laughs> the smoker couldn't add. So, Cass, what did you guys smoke St- at that? What are incident? you? Tra-
2: Why are you hey, taking over hey, our show? Hey, producer. I'm trying to get Cass, it back on no, topic. No. To stand topic. Down, Cass. no, stand down, Cass. Stand down. You don't have to answer that. Producer, candy sprinkles. You are a producer. producer. Turn off her microphone. I am. Uh, Unbelievable. She just ruined my debacle of Kelso 2013. <laughs> I'm about to cry.
1: No, that, that was a little bit of a debacle.
2: Very good. I, I, okay, well, credit to you. You were a, a part of that. You also had the best hair on the field. We all, uh, you know, acknowledge your awesomeness. Yeah, yeah and... 1992
3: call. They want their faux hawk back. But hey! <laughs> no, no, no. It's, there is
1: no faux in this one, man. It's sides or shaved. It's a mohawk.
3: It's not a side shaved mohawk unless you <laughs> shave it with a bick.
2: Uh, oh, all the way, you're saying?
3: I'm telling yeah, you, hey. I, I know some Mohawk Indians, hey. and they'll they'll scalp you for this. Hey, he, he
2: at least shaved his head to throw it into a sheaf bag in his video.
3: Yeah, he did that. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Cass. I'm going to tell you this right now because nobody else will. Of all the staff on Fork Talk, I voted for yours as being number one. I thought everyone else sucked. You're a liar. I'm not a liar. It's total, the truth. Total liar. <laughs> The only reason I'm lying Wait. is because I didn't get a chance to vote. Hey, just,
2: you know? be, just, just, because, <laughs> just because you have no ability to follow the instructions.
1: Oh, yeah. Wait, he no, used human hair in a sheaf.
2: He
3: used human hair in a sheaf, and he put his baby on a sheaf worker. Now, that's class.
2: He, he <laughs> he, he, if, like we said, had he thrown the kid? And then caught him like beach. Oh yeah,
3: good point. Right. Yeah, yeah, a perfect, a perfect but, one. But then, yeah.
2: but then the next, the next scene would have been Bowie's at, foot in his down. ass, and then CPS Coleman. Right. Other than that, it would have been a no, great I think video.
1: Absolutely, would have taken care of it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. dragging me back behind the shed by my ankles with a stick.
2: That's yeah. right. So, so Cass, how is it in uh, in lightweight land?
1: Uh, lightweight land is uh, a little chaotic. <laughs> Save a lot of money in uh, groceries. You know
2: Save a lot
3: of money in groceries. That's a good thing.
1: (laughs) You know what? Common misconception. A lot of us guys can eat like horses, and we still don't gain weight.
3: That's a good point. This is true. I've eaten with you guys.
2: This is true. I also just thought of a great new segment for Fork Talk, which can be something like uh, Chutes and Ladders or Candyland dedicated to lightweights. (laughs) It's funny. I don't get it. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll explain it to you later. I never played games
3: as a kid. When I was a kid, we worked. Doing the game is called... Oh, you're making fun of deaf people now? I'm
2: making fun of you.
3: Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> talk like that much.
2: Very right. So, Cass, what else up? You got anything else to share with the Fork Talk public? Questions for Big Daddy or I that I, we can answer? That yeah, question is just
3: burning inside of you. You'd love to ask us. You're going to be on the next episode of Fork Talk. You should be fucking excited.
1: Well, I'm ecstatic. How many right.
3: guests have we had since we started? 21 episodes ago, like two, three world um, champion we had world champion uh, ryan Rear. we had francis brebner we had donald denny coming in as a ghost we got all kinds of people
2: coming you, out. you haven't I, been haunted recently have you denny's after getting the hold of conway
1: you know i've definitely felt a few chills in my house lately
2: oh
1: that's probably because yeah, you left the you windows that, open that that cold spot where you walk through and then you kind of get that hair stand on the back of your neck
3: right and that's buoy pmsing
1: yeah, that's, right. <laughs> oh, that's got to be it
3: <laughs> Shit. I'm gonna see her. She's gonna
4: beat you. She's in it. gonna
2: beat you.
1: <laughs> just kidding, honey. Yeah,
3: hey, boy, all in fun, just a joke, you know, talk stuff. Just it's not a, my real persona. Just the radio show. It's just an act, just like Howard Stern. Just an act, right? <laughs> well, uh,
1: I, I was kind of hoping to get a shameless plug, but if that's not in the cards, I'm totally fine. with I'll that. give you
3: a shameless plug. Let's let's give him a shameless plug. Let's talk about the chief standards at Portland.
1: Oh dear God, don't.
3: No, no, know. no! I mean, hey, you did a real nice job making those standards. What <laughs> happened?
1: Uh, well, they they were the exact same standards we used in Tacoma, uh, forty feet tall. They worked. Oh, they worked wonderfully.
3: They I did in Tacoma. They worked awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll testify to that.
1: Yeah, they went forty feet up and forty feet down, and a little bit of hanging up on the crossbar. But I fixed that glitch. Uh, then we get to Portland and we go to stand the things up. And uh, shut up, Dirk!
3: Shut your mouth! Upset about the give him some well. give him some goddamn beer and shut the kid up. <laughs> right? That's what I normally oh. do when I'm in the bar beer garden with him.
1: No, he yeah, two screams, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> but yeah, so uh we were taking him down in Portland or in uh, Tacoma rather. I think they may have sustained a little bit of damage just on the trip down from forty feet up. So oh, when it they took to, him down there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they got caught in the back when they were coming down. But, uh, yeah, we would go to stand them back up in Portland, and the uh, all the splices in the section just kind of failed, and catastrophically, I might add. <laughs>
3: uh, hmm. Well, the yeah. good news is, at least it's still, what, in Portland, it's still went up to 30 feet.
1: Yeah, so, which yeah. Uh, it didn't help when you had, like, four or five guys to run clear over the top of the standards <laughs> Yeah, well, the good <laughs> news is
3: they used uh, cheap, crappy sheaf bags, unlike the Clevenger bag. If they'd use a right. the bags that we would have needed 40 feet because those are yeah, flyers.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so
0: it's not necessarily a failure, Cass. It's just a. It's just a. It's not a failure. It's a hiccup. Hiccup in rejiggering how to make it better next time.
1: Rejiggering. I, I love your optimism, but I still feel like it was a failure.
0: It's not a failure. <laughs> you
1: need
3: to, if you're going to be an innovator, I'm, you got to get with, past that. I'm with you. Failure. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm no. feeling a little I'm feeling a little, uh, you know, like you guys are really being hard on Cass.
2: Yeah, you're not you don't know what that's like. No. Wait, yeah.
3: Cass, is, Cass you know, Cass and I, we have a relationship. It's kind of like a big brother little brother. In fact, sometimes when we talk to each other it's like, "Hey little brother, hey big brother," you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's a, a love a really. We love each other. If, but you though, know what? Nobody fucks with Cass, okay? Yeah. But Here's I'm the, the thing. better looking little brother. You are the better looking little brother. ain't saying much. I mean, really. Be better looking than me? That's really tough.
1: I've got, you see
3: that garden slug? Yeah, pretty better looking. I've got really bad hearing.
2: I've got really bad hearing, obviously, because the little brother, big brother thing mm. always seems to come out verbally as asshole fuck nugget.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a cool. love hate. Well, mm-hmm. it's one of
3: those things where, you know, you can pick on your little brother, but nobody else can. Mm. That's kind of the way it is. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so, and yeah. then I
1: try and I try and pick on him back, and then he beats me up worse. So that's yeah. kind of
3: how it goes. And then he tries to beat me in the sheaf, and that never happens. Yeah, no,
1: never.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought she, actually in Tacoma it was looking like it might just happen, and then <laughs> and then thank God it didn't.
1: You know what? I I, I think I may have gotten you on Brammar,
3: man. We're talking about sheaf, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Stick that Brammer up your ass. He's say, he's <laughs> suggesting he beat you in an event. I'm suggesting fuck you. <laughs> okay, so so Cass uh, we All was, right, Cass. Then we,
1: then, then we won't talk about hammers, Jay. Okay?
3: Oh we won't talk about weights either.
1: <laughs>
3: or caber by that by any means. Right. Right. you done yet? Are you, you done, done yet, kid?
1: Are you done, Big yeah, Daddy? No, no I'm, I'm limping away with,
2: with my pride. So you, you guys are uh, expressing uh, a good reason why we're never going to do this call-in again. No, I'm
0: asking. This so. is an
3: awesome segment. Shut your mouth.
0: So, Cass, what is coming up for you as far as the games and your Highland Games life? So, fill us in on that.
3: He's probably going to uh, well, do it, Games.
1: We are uh, looking around. um uh, we definitely want to try and hit the um, the big games. We're going to try and do that as a family, maybe. But we're going to see how it works out this year. She's going to the uh, Northwest Washington Fair, showing her horse for the 14th year in a row. <laughs> so wow! Who is? The 18th? No, she corrected me. I was wrong again. 18th year in a row. So we're uh, you know, we're figuring all that out. But still, kind of keeping my fingers crossed. Last year, is I qualified for nationals and. I'm waiting on a few scores to go in and, and waiting wh- for a spot to open up. I might make my way And where right.
0: is nationals?
1: Nationals are in uh, Tulsa, I believe. And Booze's laughing at me, and I have no idea why. She's because oh, she just saw your saying, penis. Yeah, right. That's exactly it. I'm
3: sorry. Did it come out <laughs> of my mouth? Wow, well, not <laughs> your penis, dude. <laughs>
2: but hey, we got. We got. I think we got more things to get on here. We got anything else to talk about? I'm trying to get an explicit rating.
0: I was trying to just,
2: like,
0: ask our guest things.
2: He's not a guest. He's a call-in. It's not like we're doing a full interview with him. He's just supposed to pop in quick and say, hey, what up? Give us a little bit to talk about and then get on with life.
1: Okay. Well, if it had been on my... You make a guy feel really welcome, Brad.
2: You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Now, shut up and be welcome.
3: Cass, I'm trying, but
0: whatever. (laughs) I'm being overruled.
3: that's a problem when you put a producer on a microphone. You know, he, I begged Brett, please don't do it. Please don't do it. But you know what? He's got to live with her. So what am I going to do?
2: Cass, okay, my brother, I'm glad you called in. I'm glad everything's well with you. And uh, I appreciate you giving us a, a little time. And we're sorry we didn't shout out to you earlier. Right. <laughs> All right. Apology accepted. I'll bring you some more beer later. Oh, right. oh,
3: Angry Orchard. Hey, and don't <laughs> yeah, we? And the thing is, we we talk a lot of smack. We talk a lot of shit. But the bottom line is... You know, the Tomala family, awesome. I love having you guys around. Good people. You know, good people. Uh, Dirk is my favorite little boy. The kid is just so goddamn cute. It's amazing. And (laughs) uh, fun to hang out with. So thanks for uh, brightening up our season, as always. And uh, we'll we'll catch you probably, what, Kelso? Uh,
1: Absolutely. Uh, Kelso for sure. Yeah. Well, you see, we're all
3: going to Pleasanton, and you haven't been invited, so I guess uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, in Kelso. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'll see you in start. Kelso. Everyone I'm else is going have to, start
1: to me.
3: Less. <laughs> Everyone else is going to goddamn Scotland besides me. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you right. can help me drown my sorrows. Awesome,
1: thanks, Cass. <laughs> all right, thank you guys for having me on. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Take care, brother. We
2: out. Bye. All right, let's go to the next segment, there, Big Daddy. Yeah, we're done. Ouch! What the heck was that? We're still live.
3: Oh shit! Sorry, I was calling for another drink.
2: Oh, for goodness' sakes! Apologize. Uh, everybody's ears just popped. In this the show is going down the tubes.
3: Down the
2: well, let's get to tubes. the next segment because we got a good one. I'm with you. Let's go. Let's
1: we're go. Our, what segment, are we on if You remember? Was I, was I any good that that night? Oh wow! Jeez. how could I forget? You sucked.
0: You didn't know what the hell you were doing. But wasn't it fun even though you were
1: so terrible?
0: I'm sorry, terrible?
1: I've had worse. Oh.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah. Fork Talk.
2: Episode 21. Back in the hizzy. Welcome back, Big Daddy.
1: Are you ready?
2: Ouch, I think we just blew the board. <laughs> Screw the board. Are you ready? I'm ready. Good. It's time for segment two.
3: Segment dose, as they it's say, time Mexicano. For,
2: it's time for <laughs> historical,
1: Figur. historical
2: figure. Historical figure. Woo-woo. What, what? Hashtag what? Hashtag, huh? Welcome to historical figure. This is one of our favorite episodes or
3: segments. We like it a lot because, you know, we hear a lot of, you know, comments about some of our past historical figures. Right. Such as the one, the only,
2: Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, right? They're still talking about that They really are. So, um, and unfortunately, thankfully, I have a song on that makes me happy.
3: You know, Abraham Lincoln's dead, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. This song makes me happy. It fires me up. Why? And I need it because he shall be, he who shall be named always bums me out.
3: Yeah, I hate that song, bitch. But yeah. You know what? I'm not even going to say it.
2: No, no, we got to say it. I'm not going to. We're invoking the name of he who is the trashiness of all trashy. The shitbag. Yes. The white trash. Yep. The creme de
3: la crap. Yep. Sir. Isaac.
2: Newton. Newton Boo Figgy Boo, He sucks Boo Figgy Piggy, you suck. You suck donkey. Why does he suck if you haven't listened to Fork Talk in a little while? Well, because he had something to do with gravity. Okay. And gravity we don't like because we we throw heavy things and we want them to go forever. And gravity is our nemesis.
3: So, speaking of gravity, he sucks donkey balls, which hang really low. They hang low. Thanks to him.
2: In fact, it probably wasn't the apple off the tree. He was probably sitting there looking at a donkey thinking, "Hmm, hmm, yeah. He looks good. Yeah. And I think I'll get his, it underneath him. His be, his balls hang low, and then he thought, hmm, gravity.
3: That's probably it. <laughs> that or he's at the YMCA during a 75-year-old guy's shower. Wow.
2: <laughs> That's not right.
3: I know. That's uh, how I learned about gravity when I was a kid. Ooh, boy,
2: that hurts. Okay, so our um, historical figure for this segment, this episode, is the one. The only. The only. Big Paul Bunyan. Yeah, yeah.
3: And if you're from the Midwest, you know Paul Bunyan. That's for damn sure. Paul
2: that's Bunyan right. is shiznit. Paul Bunyan, the he maker is. of cabers by cutting whole forests with one swing of his axe. Pretty
3: much. Yeah. yeah. He loved to swing that axe. And he
2: had his buddy, his buddy in crime, you know, kind of like us, mm-hmm. a little bit of a, you know, uh, love relationship with Babe the Blue Ox. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Helped do his work with him.
3: How's that, us? How's that, everyone?
2: Well, that's that's a good question. Are you Babe or Paul Bunyan? Well, you're in taller this scenario? than me.
3: So if you're taller than me, you got to be Paul Bunyan.
2: So I'll be Paul Bunyan okay. and you be Babe the Blue Ox. Blue Ox. Yeah, I'm not liking it Wizards Works. Calling. It works for me.
3: Just Don't get behind me. Paul don't Bunyan. try mountain me, Paul.
2: Paul Bunyan is, as uh, many people know, is a giant lumberjack in American folklore. His exploits revolve around. Whoa! It. Yeah.
3: It ain't folklore. It's history. He's the man. Yep. history okay. it's true it's true
2: and um, and he has a lot of tales told about his superhuman labors and is customarily acquainted uh, and accompanied by babe the blue ox
3: which nobody's really just seen
2: the um, The character actually he originated in oral traditions in the North American logging camps
3: oral traditions yes, that mm-hmm. sounds pretty interesting. He
2: was popularized by the freelance writer William Logged. Uh, who was around from 1882 to 1958 and in 1960 a promotional pamphlet for the Red River Lumber Company Hmm. he's been the subject of various literary compositions musical pieces commercial works and theatrical productions his likeness is displayed in several oversized statues across North America
0: but the only real one is in Akeley Minnesota people
2: that's not true. That's They're not true. even oh, close totally to true. true.
0: Totally
3: Anywhere true. in Wisconsin, if you stop at a truck stop, Candy, you're going to find Candy Paul Bunyan. Candy sprinkles.
2: There's a lot of good ones. Nope. All right. Nope. Nope. Will you? Nope. I'm going to turn you off. There's plenty of good Paul Bunyan statues. Um, have you ever been like taking a picture in front of one, Big Daddy?
3: I don't think I ever have taken a picture in front of one. Yeah. No.
2: I've, I've got a picture of Stephanie in the in the hand of one. Right, his hands down, hand down below. Oh yeah, hmm. mm-hmm.
0: that's the one in Inkley, the real true Paul Bunyan. Yeah, so it
2: it's tickling? just was one it tickling, of them think, candy up? sprinkles.
3: What is your deal? Well, do you know that the University of Wisconsin and the University of Minnesota actually once a year when they meet, they actually one of the teams wins something. Do you know what that thing is?
2: Oh no, what is that? It's oh, the, it's the big Paul Bunyan giant axe. axe. Yes, that's sir. right. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Well, yeah, a- I did remember that, but I tried to. Well, according it. to Michael Edmonds in his book Out of the Northwoods mm-hmm. The Many Lives of Paul Bunyan, Paul Bunyan's stories circulated uh, for at least 30 years before finding their way into print. In contrast to the lengthy narratives abundant in published materials, Paul Bunyan's stories, when told in the lumber camp bunkhouses, were presented in short fragments. Some of these stories included motifs from older folktales such as Absurd Severe Weather and Fearsome Critters. Parallels in early printings support the view that at least a handful of Bunyan stories hold a common origin. Um, The earliest records reference, Paul Bunyan, is an uncredited 1904 editorial in the Duluth News Tribune. Yeah, you you
3: know the common bond about all the Paul Bunyan stories? What is it? They're all fucking bullshit. Why is that? Because there's no such thing as Paul Bunyan.
2: You just said he was the real deal.
3: I lied. Really?
0: No, Paul Bunyan is the real deal in the Yeah, Duluth
3: so is Sasquatch. What, the Duluth News
0: Tribune does not lie. Well, well, I the think Duluth
3: th- News Tribune, those fucking people are so cold, they can't even print the news because their back. hands are freezing. Well, I think
2: in, uh, in each of these elements, like nobody knows who you're talking about. You shut it. It's her dad. For crying out loud. <laughs> The logging, uh, whether it's these elements, logging the Dakotas, giant camps, wintering the blue snow, stove skating. One of the stories, Big Daddy, is is the logging camp's so big, so many people, and Bunyan eats so much that they had this griddle that goes on for like half a mile. And he takes a pair of ham hocks, ties them to his feet, and skates across the uh, the griddle tops to grease them up for the food. Who does? P- Punyan. Paul Bunyan. All, Paul Bunyan does. Yeah.
0: I was at that logging camp as a child, and I saw it happen. <laughs> what? What? No. All
3: right, all right. I was molested by Babe the Blue Ox. Oh
0: North of Park Rapids, they do the skating on the griddle.
2: <laughs> you have no idea With what you're talking about.
0: I totally have
2: do. another drink of wine, really do. please.
0: No,
3: she sounds pretty adamant. <laughs> has, I was there. She has no idea my what she's I, talking. I about I have a tendency to believe her. You no. weren't there. I wasn't, but I believe you. So the
2: the Paul Bunyan cook shanty, the chronicles and life of the works of Mr. Paul Bunyan. These are all all literary things about him. It's literary. He's praised as a logger of great physical strength and unrivaled skill. Pretty much. So the question, as always, for historical figure is, one, would he be worth hanging out at at the beer garden Mm -hmm. at a games? Right. Yes. And I'm not so sure.
0: No. I would hang out with him.
2: I'm thinking he wouldn't be that fun. He'd be a bit uptight. He's always too damn busy logging crap. And his best friend is an ox who doesn't talk back.
3: Yeah. You know, you you make a couple good points there. I'm
2: not sure he would actually be fun in the beer garden. I'm thinking in
3: the beer garden, he might be a pain in the ass because you drink all all the fucking beer. Right. You drink all the beer. You know, and that, that would make us pretty.
2: Now the other question is obviously is would he be good at Highland Games? I, that that's kind of like a no brainer here, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, when you're half the size of the field you're throwing on, you're probably going to win. Right. You know, he,
2: he wouldn't have really a class he could compete in. Right? Everybody would be complaining because he's too big. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like he. It's just like us when you know pros, the lightweights
3: would really be bitching. Right.
2: Lightweights you know. would be complaining. It's He'd like us it. when we complain when these pro former pros now then go into the masters class and destroy. It's it's kind of like that.
3: I stopped complaining about that. I just give up. I yeah, mean,
2: you just, we don't care.
3: I got nothing to say.
2: Actually, I don't care either. I love <laughs> seeing him throw. But um, obviously, he'd be good at throwing. Yep. His hammer would probably be quite good with that axe swinging that he does.
3: Probably go around the world a couple of times, you know, and mm-hmm. then, you know, he gets weights for distance would be ridiculous. His weight for height, they, you know, probably have to call mm-hmm. NASA.
2: Right, right.
3: You know, stone throw, no problem. I get so. the
2: impression he wouldn't be very mobile. I, I don't think his flexibility would be very good. I don't so, think he would like, have to be. He'd be strong, but I don't know if that would help him.
3: I think if you take two fingers to throw a lightweight for distance, and it goes a hundred thousand miles, it'd probably be okay.
2: Well, it's a good—that's a good point. Would we probably, if he threw with us regularly, we would probably just make him throw heavier weights, so that he it was proportional. So oh. instead of like four stone weights or three stone weights, he just we just make him throw twenty stone weights. He's so, probably just really stupid, so Stone, it's easy to trick him. Stone being fourteen pounds. People, so you're just gonna do, do the, the math. You're well, gonna, gonna just, make
0: an algorithm <laughs> for him to like. You're gonna like do him versus you, and that's the algorithm. And let's increase the weight by that thing.
2: Sure, <laughs>
3: science, ladies I mean, you said. Science? It's all about science. I think you should
2: leave the science to Ken Beck.
0: <laughs> Ken Beck's not
2: here. Yeah. If he was, though,
3: he'd be drunk. He'd, he'd be. <laughs> he drinks a lot.
2: So, so were we in agreement generally? Well, Candy's not in agreement. She thinks he'd be amazing in the beer garden. Uh, I'm not so sure. He could well, be a little bit off. I
0: think he'd be a. De- I think he'd be a decent thrower. I think he would be.
2: He'd be an amazing thrower. That's not a.
0: only his only friend
3: garden. is his only friend is a fucking ox. Okay, a babe, the blue ox.
2: Hey, some of our best friends in the games are just oxes. <laughs> if you knew what I mean. What are you I think to you're say?
3: all. Jealous. Those are groupies.
2: Well, the groupies are oxes. The
3: groupies are oxes. yeah. That's
2: sometimes, actually, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so he'd be a great thrower because he doesn't have a fucking choice, and of course he'd be shitty in a beer guard because he has no fucking friend. So I think we just, we just nailed Paul Bunyan. It's done. Right?
2: Nailed it. Got it. Right. Nailed it. So Paul... Paul, so stick
3: the log in, jackass.
2: Yeah. So Paul, he'd, he'd be great at caber. He knows how to wield a, a tree around. That's for yeah, sure. He can throw some big wood. And yeah, he you could. Know what I mean. hey, no. hey No, he'd be an amazing hammer thrower. I hey, know. and hammer. We already said that, Candy. Yeah. yeah.
3: The, yeah. Axe. <laughs> the axe. Pretty I'm, much the axe is what we're do. Wait a minute. I'm
2: giving you the axe. That's what I'm giving you right <laughs> and now. The hook. The hook and the axe. Exactly right.
3: What's that button that says off?
2: Yeah. Mm. It's done now. All right, we're off to uh, off to the end of the under the show, baby. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. And that's the end of historical figure. S- and uh, figgy, suck it.
3: Suck it, Figgy. Take a lime and suck
1: it. Dude, you're a fucking lousy kisser. What? <laughs> I wasn't trying. That's not fair. <laughs> I wasn't trying there. I'm really I'm not. No judgment. No. Wait a second, you were trying? Fuck no? You were trying? You were trying. Oh my God. Oh, no, I kissed so, Jim. Like, oh, God. Kay. No.
3: In a word or
1: two, shoot, I won't do. No, not your body of mind. Yeah, Big, <laughs> in, baby.
2: Big Daddy is voguing. Boom. Hey, Sassy yeah. Sexy, Sexy motherfucker! All right. Well, Big Daddy, I'm telling you what—that was one hell of a show. Fucking a, yeah. I think that was uh, our number 21. It was power show. It was power packed. It had uh, Ghostings. Denny, watch out for him. He's uh, after Conway. Be um, careful, Con.
3: I still got to clean out my underwear after that segment. Be
2: careful, Steve. Um, we had some great topics. Uh, Candy, our producer, went off the rails. Pretty, Pretty much had yeah. some kind of intervention. I'm not sure <laughs> about her. It's crazy. Um, but uh, it was a great show. Yeah, it
3: was, absolutely. Devil
2: Ange was here. Devil Ange. In spirit. <laughs> She was busy. She had things going on. She was being a hostess with the mostest. Hostess
3: with the mostest.
2: All right. And that's the show.
3: That's the show. Thanks for listening.
2: Thanks again to our sponsors, Mattress Ranch, www.mattressranch.com, and Clevenger Sheaves.
3: Thanks for all the Facebook likes. We're up to
2: 686. 686. The uh, Fork Talk podcast comes out about... Twice a month, give or take. Remember, uh, Buskowitz told me I couldn't say too much about them. Give or take. Give or take. Uh, Questions or comments, email us at info at... You sexy motherfucker.
1: .com. Info at
2: fork-talk.com or Facebook, Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas. Until hey. Knox time. We should
3: change our uh, our uh, website to www.sexymotherfucker.com.
2: Oh, that's a good idea. You like that? Yeah. I like it, too. Prince will probably sue us, but who cares? We'll get to meet him then. I've met him already. Have Not you? that great. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's I think... a little prick. Yeah, well, he, I, I think that's true. Yeah, no, it is true. Although he's talented,
3: he's a talented little prick. Right, very good.
0: Not a little prick.
3: No, Bing pink Crosby's a little prick wow. too. I got another story about Bing Crosby.
2: We, I'm, we're really cutting her off for next May show. May the fork be with you. Wait a minute, I'm, we're going back. To, we're going to get. <laughs> we're going to get candy sprinkles. Her board back. We're taking her
3: off. I got a better idea. <laughs> Let's get a little button that we can just turn off. The
2: mic. Turn off the mic. It's a good idea. A little buzzer. Okay, now you can go, Big Daddy.
3: Oh, uh, it's my turn? Yeah. May the fork be with you. You are the sheaf to my fork, Big Daddy. Slunchamore, great health. Captain Quint... Take it away, you sexy motherfucker. Woo woo woo.
2: What, uh, what? I, I wonder if I can blend in some Captain Quint with Prince. What a mashup that is. Oh,
3: yeah, I can hear that now. Seven. I'd like to go swimming with four legged women and swim between their legs. Swim between their legs. Because I'm a sexy motherfucker. What, what, what? Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu.
1: I'm disappointed in you. Here it is, the end of our freshman year, and you screwed one girl. One. (laughs) You're a disgrace to men everywhere. I mean, look at this dick, my sir. I got laid 23 times this year, and I'm not counting the hummer I got in the library stacks, baby.
2: We ready to go, ready. Big Daddy? I'm always ready, ready baby. I'm always on. Ready. Okay, we're going to pop out of this into pop no, culture. We haven't
0: even done the intro.
2: Oh, my God, Stephanie. We did the intro. We were finishing the intro when you yelled in the middle of recording We're done. You're done. Time for dinner. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Okay, pop culture and current events.
2: Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Thanks for listening to Fork Talk with your she-fork-wielding lovable host, Big Daddy and Haas. Check out www.fork-talk.com for more episodes. We throw heavy stuff for fun, people. Caber up!